Hello there and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn and I'm joined by Emily Holden, one of our co-hosts, backup host. How are you doing, Emily? Good. Happy to be back today. Yes, we are all happy to be back after a very long break, including our lead writer, Carmelo Keating. How are you doing, Melo? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Pretty good. We don't have Sandra here this week, so how are we feeling about progress? Um, you know, there's no one to keep me in check today, uh, which I really like. Yes. Also, Emily, hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Melo. You're welcome. <laughs> I've got a little bit of housekeeping at the start of the episode today. I'm going to start with this uh, before we get into it. This is our seventh episode, and if you've made it this far, you're willing to put up with a few things. Firstly, some pretty average sound quality. I've been editing uh, episodes one through six very recently, and oh boy, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> they're not, okay, they're not bad. Uh, I just have a pretty high bar for what I think is good sound editing. But uh, I, yeah, I apologize for trying to improve the quality, but I'm very new to sound editing, and our previous location was right next to a busy street there. That's my excuse. Secondly, uh, Carmelo and I are now roommates at a new location where hopefully the sound is much better. And if you're watching anything on TikTok or Instagram or anything like that, you will see the new location, which is where we are right now. Thirdly, you may have noticed that we have absolutely no idea what we're doing or what we're talking about at all whatsoever. Uh, So that is because all of us are either university students or recent graduates. We have no industry writing experience and are supremely underqualified for writing any script, let alone a Star Wars one. But that isn't going to stop us. So if you're in for the ride... Let's jump into episode seven. <laughs> that sounds good. That was the housekeeping. That was great. Um, Love that. So yeah, today we'll be talking about Leia as well as the characters we think should be involved in her story, which are Lando and Hux, but more on that later. The way the show works is firstly, some brief character context. Then article one, what went wrong with the characters in the sequels. After that is the fun part, article two, our pitches and ideas for how to fix the characters. And then article three, our conclusions. Rightio. Wow. So we're just getting right into it. Get right into it. We can jump into context. Uh, so I've got a little notes and you guys can add in if you want. Leia. This is just dot points. Cool. Daughter of Padme and Anakin, famous princess of Star Wars, both off-screen and on-screen as Carrie Fisher, General of the Rebellion, and the New Republic. That's kind of her character. Yep. Contextually, yeah, like, out of out of the story, Leia and Carrie Fisher were very much synonymous for the past 20, 30 years kind of yep. thing. Uh, and obviously, with the tragic passing away of Carrie Fisher, that had a huge impact on the sequels. I feel like people are pretty much up to speed on that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Any, any other notes from you, Melo or Emily? Uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, my main thing is just more Leia, but obviously with Carrie, you can't have that. But yeah, that's my main thing, just yeah. more of her. You wish we got more? I mean, yeah. Ways. Yeah. Sure. And I suppose that's a, the beauty of writing in a vacuum here is that we um, we don't have to feel the need to write uh, Leia out, essentially, of episode nine. Yeah, we're lucky enough that we can just write more Leia if we want more Leia to be there. Because yeah. we, know, we know there's never a chance of us actually live casting, like no, having absolutely. actors for this. So we can just write more, which is nice. Yeah, also, I think actually between the last recording, uh, the last episode recording and this one, uh, Carrie finally got her, her star on the Walk of Fame. She did get her star on the Walk of Fame, which is fantastic. Yeah. Very um, cool. Well deserved. And yeah, uh, Mark absolutely. Hamill was there for that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, uh, and Billy Lord, uh, her daughter. Yeah. Really nice. So Lando, uh, context for Lando, roguish scoundrel and ex-criminal, I think he's a criminal at some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, master of pleasures and maker of deals, ace pilot and war hero. That's pretty much who Lando is <laughs> yeah. uh, in all of the stories and all of the movies and that kind of thing. That's kind of Lando. He's just like a cool guy. Billy Dee Williams is amazing. Uh, Donald Glover, also amazing. Per- perfect casting for both, okay. I think. Uh, I think that's universally kind of agreed upon. Yeah, and um, just so people are aware, we're also trying to get more Lando in this trilogy. For yeah, sure. we are, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yep. Hux, son of, son of Brendel Hux, as seen in The Mandalorian, General of the First Order, and overall total douchebag. So that's the context for, you know, the actual sequels. And the Brendel Hux thing's interesting in The Mandalorian. Yeah, three. honestly, missed opportunity to chuck Brendan Gleeson in there as his actual dad, perhaps. <laughs> I said this when um, we watched the episode. They couldn't get Brendan Gleeson for Mandalorian season three. There's zero chance that's happening. I mean, they save money by not having Pedro Pascal on set. So <laughs> we won't get into it. Um, oh, gosh. So, yeah, that's kind of our context. I don't know if there's many, like, much more to add to it. You know, Leia's considered the princess. Lando's cool. Hux is evil and a douche. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I, I, I feel the need to start, start small, move up. So start with Hux and then... Oh, okay. Like, I had just had it written the way we've been talking, talking about, about it. Okay, so, right Article one, what went wrong yeah. in the sequel trilogy? Uh, I've got Leia first, but if you want to do Hux first, we can do Hux. I just thought it's it's so easy because Hux is kind of like you know representative of, of what, again, happened with that trilogy in terms of, of, of lack of planning, lack of, co- of coordination. He's a different character in every film. Yeah. 100%. I didn't really, I wasn't thinking about that when I was going through like what I hate about his character. I was stuck on the, you know, he's comically evil. He's very, he's barely a character. He's like a cartoon character. Yeah. His motives just seem so unwarranted. Like him coming out as a spy, you're like, what? Like it just seems so out of nowhere. And like it's with the past planning. Like it's just 
can't believe it. The fact that it's down to his pettiness for <laughs> Kylo Ren is like, oh. Like, that can't be a good enough reason to risk so much, especially for a character that is so selfish. And, like, even though he's evil, he's still well-planned. Like, there's no way he would risk everything just on pettiness. Hmm. Like, there's no way he's throwing away everything yeah. just. So kind of the inconsistency of his character, yeah. you guys are not a fan of at all, which is very fair. I hadn't even thought about it, to be yeah. honest. I mean, like, there's, don't get me wrong, there's issues, there's a lot of issues in his character, and as we'll t- get into later, our sort of versions that we've been writing of him are completely different. But They are radically different, uh, some of the ideas we've had for Hux. Yeah, but, um, but one of the things I did like in Force Awakens is like that... No, 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 what are you talking about? What, what we've got mean? a whole section for that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only negativity right now, that are wrong. Okay, so Force Awakens, like, no, they, yeah, they present him as this, like, Tarkin, Hitler-esque, you know, leader. Yeah. I mean, he literally is there, does a speech, and everyone salutes him. And then they he, do the salute. They do the salute. He fires Starkiller Base, and then he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. In 8. In Last Jedi, yeah. And then, yeah, in 9, he's just, like, a total fucking wimp. And then he gets shot. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, I was watching back his death, and I was like, really? Yeah, that's mm. how he dies. He just gets shot by, is it General Pride? Yeah. He kills him, yeah. yeah. It's actually not. Oh, did the, you put it on Do Not Disturb and it, it didn't obey? Not, no, it's wow. a Samsung. I blame Samsung. Ah, so we always come me. back to this. That's on record. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's it for me for Hux, really. Lando. Uh, what went wrong with Lando? I think for anything to have gone wrong, he had to have been in it more than he was. <laughs> so, yeah. My um, only question is, what the fuck is he doing in episode seven and eight? Where is his character? What is he What is he doing? That's That's the question, I guess. Yeah, he just seems like kind of wishy-washy like from such a strong charismatic charismatic character that we see before who like knows what he's doing he's so well dressed like he's very keen on his appearance and how he presents himself i just don't know like how he got there and like how he fell so far i was like it just doesn't feel like i love emily you're so caught up in like how did he fall so far from being stylish to being (laughs) that (laughs) he looks like shit (laughs) not that that's my main concern but it is up there it is up there on the (laughs) concerns my biggest thing is that he's underutilized like by the end of return of the jedi he's a core part of the hero hero team literally Yeah. yeah and you know he has his character transformation in in five, sure he doesn't have a lot to go through in six, but he blows up the second Death Star. Yeah, so you would you'd be getting a medal ceremony for that. I oh yeah, yeah, big old one. Um, yeah, he's completely underutilized. And then one of my bigger gripes is like just his introduction in nine. It's very weird. It's just, I don't know. He has a crossbow, and then he's he, just there. He's just there coincidentally on that planet. Yeah, and three PO's like, look who it is, Lando Cow. We know who who he is. Three PO. Ray goes is like, yep. Mm. We're talking to the audience here oh, just gosh. to remind you that that is, in fact, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Let's just ha- take a moment for that because that's so frustrating when this movie thinks it's it's like, oh, we know this is straight up just fan service and we're looking at the audience saying, oh, you like the fan service? It's like, not only is this movie shit, but you're insulting us as well. No wonder people are so mad at Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, rant yep. done. And then he refuses to get involved in the fight and then goes off screen on some massive adventure to get a civilian fleet of thousands of ships and he comes in in the last moment of... Anyway. Yeah. Good lord. Rise of Skywalker. What a mess. So, Leia. Do we want to move on to Leia? Yeah. What went wrong with Leia? Um, my first note is the two words, literally everything. Um, that's my note about Leia in the sequels. I feel like we lost a lot of her fiery passion that we see at the start like at the start she's so quick and sharp and just like everything she says is exactly on point and like she doesn't take crap from anyone and then as the movies go on and i don't think this is like do you mean in the original trilogies that's yeah, her yeah, personality in the original yeah. but then as you get to the end like i don't think it's a maturity thing of she's she just feels more docile and just kind of fading into the background when that's like so not who she is yeah. not how she was raised and yeah. it's just they're going to do a lot of stuff in the the extra media and like comics and books and stuff and being like you know oh, she's exhausted still keeping up this fight yeah. so many decades later and stuff like that but yeah it, it does like take away a lot of the excitement that is yeah leia like, who's um just doesn't take shit from anyone yeah there's like, a reason original leia is a fan favorite is because she's so fiery and yeah. passionate and she has the wit yeah and she's always insulting people and it's fantastic and that's why you love her yeah and she's willing to take the danger like not mm. only is she like well presented but she can like she's cool she's a badass yeah. And she gets involved in the fight. Oh, exactly. herself. Yeah. Exactly. So, She's not just sending other people. Like, I think that's another thing we missed. It was just kind of her watching from the sidelines a lot and yeah. not her actually physically going out there with them. Yeah. And just because she's older doesn't mean that she no, can't, I don't you think know, that would stop her. Take up a blaster against anyone who's not Poe Dameron. <laughs> quick fun thing. Can I do a quick fun thing? Go for it. Okay. You know that take, that, that, that scene in uh, episode eight where uh, Leia slaps Poe after he's like, you know, caused the death of, of thousands of, 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 you know, rebel, hundreds of rebels. Um, yeah. 
25 takes. To get the slap? Yep. Why? I don't know, but Carrie Fisher got to slap uh, Oscar Isaac 25 <laughs> times. I bet she loved that. they got it on the first one and they were like, mm, let's just do it again. So, yeah, so it was just Carrie Fisher. Just like, let me go again. Yeah. Let me go again. Yeah. It's just enjoying it. I missed it. it. Yeah, that's anyway. really funny. Um, but no, I think, again, underutilized. Yeah. I got some uh, nitpicks. Yeah. Uh, so she ignores Chewie after Han dies. And I think as small of a thing as that is, that detail is incredibly important if you think about it. Just for, mm-hmm. oh, man. Watching it, we watched Force Awakens again the other day, yep. Mello, and oh my god, I just like got angry mm. watching that little moment where Chewie just walked right past her. Yeah, They have him in the shot. Yeah. He walks right past her, and yep. she ignores him and looks at Rey, and I'm like, man, we missed the shot on the Force Awakens, I think. Yeah. It all starts here. And he's trying to shoehorn that in. Then she dies, but doesn't die in eight. Yeah. Gets to fly through space. I was gonna... Yeah, my next thing down. I have three notes for Leia. The yeah. third one is Space Princess. Space Princess. <laughs> where she flies through the space. With, like, the ice crystals on her face and everything. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, it, it feels like it's treading that line from, like, I know Star Wars is unbelievable. I know it's silly. It's goofy. But there's a point where you're like, really? That? I think we can safely say that that, that shot, her flying through space with the Force, that's gone. Like, we don't we don't want any part of that. Yeah, Leia can... We can, we can, we can debate all day uh, with Leia using the Force in this trilogy, but not like that. And you, what was your second or third note there you had on Leia? That was it. That was it? Okay. The more we think about it, going back, I am very disappointed by how they treated Leia. Absolutely. In Force Awakens, uh, Last Jedi, people debate back and forth whether like the robot stuff was good or bad, or the AI stuff or whatever. They did what they could. They tried their best, I think, with the with Leia and that unique, unfortunate situation. But in Last Jedi and Force Awakens, I think her character is just just wasted. Yeah. Uh, and not at all who we remember Leia to be in the original trilogy. Bit a bit more context there. So, um, I don't know if this was really a plan, but this was the thing that had happened. Episode seven focus was on Han of of you know they each. Each movie of those, this trilogy was meant to focus on one of the old heroes. Yeah. And it, and it does. You know, like Han's a big part of Seven, Luke's a big part of Eight, and Leia was going to be a big part of Nine. Um, obviously, we didn't get to see that. But then even going back to George Lucas's original treatment, prequels focus on Anakin. Originals focus on Luke. Sequels me- were meant to focus on Leia. Yeah. Leia was meant to be a really key part of, of, of his original run of Seven, Eight, and Nine. So, again, didn't get to see that. Um, yeah. But it could I think, been interesting. I think we've talked about that before, and we'd like to bring that back into the story a bit more. Yeah, for sure. I feel like also what, like, a lot of stuff they didn't really... Like, obviously, yes, she was a political spokesperson in the latest three, and you got to see a bit of a political side, but you didn't get to see it the same way that you got to see with, like, Padme in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Mm. Like, I feel like that would have been a lot of cool similarities to poke at because, like... All throughout Clone Wars, Padme is just so outspoken and is what I thought Leia was going to be yeah. in the latest three, but yeah. I guess not. Um, I think we saw shades of that, and I'm going to dangerous territory here, but we saw shades of that in Kenobi. Mm, and I really liked a yeah. lot of what they did with Leia's character in Kenobi. I thought no, it, was, for sure. uh, it was really cool. And you see, like, oh, oh, she's Padme's daughter. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like yeah. a thousand percent, 100%. like she's Padme's daughter. Um, was, and it was really cool. Yeah, one of the f- few things I enjoy yeah. about Kenobi. And... um. It, it, yeah, it makes sense in the setup because, like, we we know that in in the current canon, again, more extended content, that she was, uh, you know, a senator or assistant senator or something for for Alderaan when she was mm-hmm. younger. She's met the emperor as well yeah. when she was like sixteen, mm. and that's in a comic somewhere. And that's that's cool. Really, it's like sinister. Uh, and then you know, turned rebel freedom fighter, and then yeah, the fact that like she's not she doesn't play a a, a bigger role in terms of like. This, this, she was this rebellion hero and senator. She would have a very big role to play in the political state going forward of the galaxy after the six. And I think that brings me to just a thought I had now. Um, I think Leia is a casualty in the war of writing the sequels to have the First Order be a huge force. Yep. Mm-hmm. And having the political landscape be null and void mm-hmm. for the sake of the story that they, they had to tell in Force Awakens because of, you know, uh, bureaucracy in Hollywood, all that yada, yada, yada mm-hmm. bullshit. Because of the way they had the first, um, the Force Awakens start, Leia had to be the character that we got, and yeah. I think that's you know the we, I've said this before. It's the original sin of the sequel trilogy is is having the the, the movie set up that way, and I think yeah. Leia is a huge casualty of that as well. Okay, okay, we can jump into what we like now. What we do like. Okay, cool. So yeah, Article One Point Five. What we liked. We'll start with Hux again. Right, Hux, Lando, yeah. Leia. What I did like about Hux in, in Seven was that he actually he was just this villain. Yeah, and he was strong, and he you know like he did give this 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 strong rousing speech of pure evil um and then yeah then they gradually just start to make him weaker and less of an actual yeah he's like a sniveling you know fool in last jedi but in force awakens he's like a pretty compelling like you hate him you know you hate this guy yeah and and plus like he holds his own in conversations with kylo ren like there's a very clear 
competition between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. But he's not there to get kicked around. Yeah, well, I feel like he's a really good representation of the First Order and what they represent and how they kind of interact with others. But you also have to, like, consider if Kylo Ren had come into power, he kind of would have taken on the Darth Vader role as his assistant. And I think, obviously, he's not going to hold up to Darth Vader, but he has that kind of power over him. Like, you walk into the room and it just goes cold and quiet. Mm. Like, even though he doesn't... Like, he's standing next to these people with, like, the Force and these absolutely terrifying people, and he holds his own easily yeah but then yeah i agree as it goes on you're just like dude yeah like, they wanted him to be sort of the the grandma of tarkin to the yeah. kylo ren stuff yeah 100 yeah. and it kind of almost happens in force awakens it gets close if force awakens was a better doesn't. movie i think that would have worked and would have been like oh it's younger versions younger like yeah younger versions of you know these characters we remember from the original trilogy yeah and you do see like the power hungriness but mm. he is still like smart like it's it's nice to have smart and calculated villains yeah Yeah, absolutely and then i think i do this every episode but like another one of the things i like from the external media for him was that in the in the phasma novel it's revealed that he and phasma teamed up to have his father killed so that yeah he could usurp power and take his role yeah no you mentioned that before which is cool yeah but again that means fuck all because we don't get to see it so disagreeing with the two of you from earlier i actually really love and I, it's so stupid. And Rise of Skywalker is a stupid movie. But the line, I don't care if you win. I want Kylo Ren to lose, is a metal line. It is so cool. And in the movie theater, I'm like, oh, I know what kind of movie we're in for now. Yeah. This is going to be dumb fun. And it was, you know, I have, a, I have a dumb fun time watching that movie. Um, It's sad that that's what we got from the conclusion of, you know, fucking Star Wars. You but... <laughs> I just think for someone so smart, he's so stupid. Uh, yeah, no, I like, completely I agree. Like... But I just think it's so funny. And <laughs> then you get Ho immediately like, I knew it. And Finn's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, I think that's all like brilliant. And I think is a great scene that would work in a different movie much better. I think I just like, I'm going to go back to this because, um, go for it. Because just completely missed it. Um, yeah, didn't do, didn't do, uh, uh Domhnall Gleeson justice as an actor. I mean, he's an incredibly talented actor. Yeah. And we've seen him in a lot of other stuff that we really like. And then we watch him in this and it's like, ah, oh, it was so close, but mm-hmm. they've kind of wasted him, you know? I mean, I think it falls like trapped to the same thing where there's so much stuff they're trying to put in and you're just like, you don't get to see enough of his character. Like maybe if he had like 10 more minutes, just 10 more minutes to show. Uh, uh, Lando? Or yeah, I was going to say, more it's, yeah. do you like more things about Hux or is... Uh, no, that no, one cool, line is all... Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh so lando uh what we liked oh i've written the same thing again that's a that's upsetting i've just written <laughs> where the fuck is he in episode seven and eight i didn't write anything you, you liked no that's that. not right no, oh, i went to oh no sorry i'm fucking derailing that's right no lando um yeah. he's he's cool he's cool as hell like lando's the best he's a cool dude yeah just yeah simply having him back and it, and it's it's interesting i think that he, billy d williams just because you know lando is billy d williams was able to recapture the magic of his character 30 years later is it fan service yes yeah doesn't matter it's it's billy Dibble. Billy Dibble. yeah yeah i mean yeah the positive is that he's there i don't really have more to say no. like i'm trying to think i'm like oh what's some really cool character moments and i'm like it's just, just rise of skywalker to the screen and you're yeah. like cool yeah. Nice. yeah and you walk in the screen and you hear you know disney cash and checks you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. it's like it's so hard to enjoy it sometimes when we know things it's like this so obvious yeah uh, yeah, it's just he's in Rise of Skywalker. He's in it for two or three scenes. And, you know, what we get is fine, I guess. Things we liked about Leia. Um, I thought her interactions with Han were pretty nice. Yeah, they were. In uh, um, Force Awakens, uh, they have some nice moments together. Obviously, you know, it's not perfect. No, some clunky some the, dialogue. There. Some clunky dialogue. But some of the, like, the emotions and the acting that they were delivering between each other, it was like a nice back and forth. And you kind of see they still have that love for each other. Yeah. I thought that was nice. It definitely is like the one bit where I'm like, oh, this does feel like the originals. Like, yeah. it's that... It's the same, but yeah, mm. the dialogue lets them down. It does. And actually, I re- actually really did like the chemistry she had with Poe in Eight, though. Like, they're... They do have a really cool relationship. Yeah. It's like, you know, almost mentor-mentee kind of relationship, mm. and she's trying to teach him how to be a good leader. Yeah. And, you know, that's the story of Poe in the second movie. Is it done well? Absolutely not. But yeah. I think, you know, Leia's, you know, and Carrie Fisher's performance in Last Jedi is very good. I do like the, the the training sequence in the past in episode nine that we get to see of Luke and Leia. And oh, I hate that. Bit. Yeah, you don't like that bit. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I just I, th- I thought I just thought it was cool mm. to see them training together. Again, something that we'll probably get into later is the question of whether or not Leia would have trained to be a Jedi. But yeah. in the, in the context of of the films that we got, I thought that that was cool to see. I mean, yeah. I mean, this isn't a positive, but yeah, just Leia and Luke not being able to see them interact. Like you're like you see her with Han, and you're like so close it's so close to being there yeah and you just feel empty at least mm. i did 
So um, that scene we get in uh, Rise of Skywalker where we see like a flashback to her training and everything. I've always felt that there's a couple of moments in Rise of Skywalker that are like really good fan films. Yeah. And that's right. one of those that's moments fair. where right, it's fair. that flashback. And I'm like, oh, this, is, this would be a really good fan film. The fact that I'm watching this on a big screen for a blockbuster release, I am thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. Is it the having other actors in those roles and then like deep faking their face? It's that. Yeah. And I think even just the choreography and like the stunt work in that scene, I was just like, this is just not good. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Well. Fix pitches. Let's, Let's do it. it. Article two, our fixed pitches. How we would fix Leia, Lando, and Hux in the sequel trilogy. What would we do to change them in the writing? Because we're doing our own rewrite. So what are we going to do with it? Mm. Start with Hux. Clear his motivations. Yeah, make, make it, make it obvious. really, yeah. really clear. If he's going to be selfish and just wants him to win, which he kind of like is set up for against the whole Kylo, like he just wants him to win, that's fine. But show how far he's willing to go. And if you are going to do the whole he really does believe in the first daughter, why? Like, Actually, what is... I'm sorry, I've just remembered. Just to give a bit of context, if this is your first episode or if, you know, you haven't really been paying attention for episodes one through six, we the reason Hux, Lando, and Leia are lumped in together like this is because we imagine them to be the characters interacting in the Senate in the New Republic on Hosnian Prime. That's C story for us of, like, the first movie. Yeah. And, you know, the story we want to tell about the political side of everything. And those are the characters interacting. So we're trying to figure out what their motivations are and where they are coming at each other and, and yeah. how. Yeah, for, yeah... For all you prequels haters, we're not ignoring politics in this because <laughs> we, we need a little, we need context and we think that we can do a good job of it. All you, so. pre- is there, is there prequels haters anymore? I feel like everyone's come around now on the prequels. I hope so. <laughs> um, I, I hope everyone's come around. I yeah. hope there's not prequels haters. Um, yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah. Star Wars is politics. That's Star Wars is politics. Star now. Wars is politics. That's all it's about. It's, it's war. Yeah. It's, it's for kids. It's like, there's two sides. It's for kids, but it's also, it's a real world. It's, you're going to have a bit of politics in it. And I think that's what Hux is really going to be good at to show the opposition to Leia, but not just have the First Order as some undeniable power that everyone fears. Like some people would believe in the First Order and there are some planets that are going to go to them willingly. Yeah. And what manipulation tactics are they using to get the people on a side? Like it can't all just be fear. Like I think one of the ways that Hux in my mind would generally work as he truly believes he can help the galaxy but only through controlling it. Yeah. First, Leia has the only way to help the galaxy is through diplomacy yeah. and listening. Um, I, yeah, I see him as this this kind of like um this villain of circumstance where he's just he's coming at things all wrong, uh, which you know makes him our, our villain. But he, yeah, he does want to to make things better just his way. Yeah, like and it has to be his way. Oh yeah. Which well, I think is gonna have him and Leia in so many interesting conversations and so many clear clashes. But also to have that, you need to set up a really good and clear backstory for him. I've got a little okay. idea for how to develop that conflict a little bit later. Little fun activity. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> it's like a class oh, is activity. that is that what we're doing? But we're getting to it. We're not there yet. Okay. I'm just teasing you because okay. I've told you what it is. I might just a uh, quick more thing about Hux. I Go for it. To move on. Yeah, no, I was okay. going, I was still in Hux. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've taken a lot of inspiration from Star Wars Bloodline, just in terms of a jumping off point and how to shape the political landscape of this trilogy because it is a political thriller and it, it you know it's a political thriller. Yeah, like House of Cards. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's just nice to know what's see what's in canon and then yeah. to go from there and oh sorry bloodline the book is bloodline star wars bloodline yeah, the book yeah um and you know in that we do get to see leia as a senator and and she has this interesting relationship with this person you know on the opposite side of that with her uh, which is our ransom costerfo and so for anyone who's aware of that character that's who i'm kind of trying to make sh- shape up like yeah him. he's this this really charismatic guy who again is just like you know wants to do good by the galaxy his way Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have this because they are in opposition, but they have this really interesting relationship with the two of them where they can, they can, they can see where the other's coming from, but they don't like it. So I've been thinking a lot about the politics and stuff and how many elements we have, how many irons we have in our riding fire. I was thinking as a way of stripping everything back instead of centrist first populists. And for anyone who needs catching up, centrist is, you know, uh, fuck. <laughs> so in, in bloodline, there is the key conflict in the Senate between these two sides centrists uh they want to keep the republic you know united as a centralized you know super government and then yeah. the populists want you know the the right to independently govern but still be in union with each other right and what i was thinking is because we have this element of the crime underworld as well we really yeah. want to explore how there's been 20 years for the crime underworld to kind of sink its roots into the outer rim and yeah. not 
let go of it and that's kind of what the new republic is worried about i was thinking instead of having centrist earth populist we cut that entirely from the story yeah good i'm actually that. been heading that way recently and myself. we have it be military versus demilitary so leia is and for the longest time the new republic has been demilitarized much like you know after world war ii everyone's mm -hmm. like all right let's all strip back and not be thinking about war all the time um, except for the americans and russians uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so they they strip everything back like no more military only democracy only you know peace we're trying to aim for peace here in the galaxy the younger generation comes in and they're like hey we're terrified of the crime underworld and the growing threat we need to be able to defend ourselves or even outright attack them because they're running slave rings and we should mm. be doing something about it mm -hmm. so hux is in favor of military obviously either for the purpose of defending against the outer the, the outer rim or outright attacking them the way I see it, there are two roads for Hux. He is either a tragic villain, a senator with a sense of justice who is being led down the dark path, or he is a bad actor, an intentionally malicious senator trying to deliberately undermine Leia. Right. Okay. Those are the two angles I kind of see that we could mm. run on Hux. And those, yeah. those are my ideas for Hux. Yeah. Discuss. I do, I do like the former more. That's the way that I've, yeah. I've been heading. Um, I think it makes so much more sense and it's so much more human. Like, it's something it we see every day. People are like, oh, you have the right idea, wrong execution. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the, the idea of the who the key villain is for this trilogy, and especially for this first film, is something we're still trying to work out. But I don't I don't think Hux is the pure evil villain. I like that he's more of a grey sort of character who, again, is just caught up in this. Yeah. In, in trying to do the right thing the wrong way. Especially with that idea of, with those crime lords running around, him so desperately wanting to help and just not seeing any other way and even if he can see firsthand what the demilitary form of government like goes in and be like oh we can send you food and water and stuff like that but we can't touch anything and him getting to see firsthand that kind of destruction i think would be really cool yeah and then one of the really interesting areas for conflict there is the fact that he is um the, the generational gap between he and leia the fact that he didn't live through the last yes. war he would have been maybe a child if that um, and we're gonna get to layer in a second but yeah. i think that's the 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 core of their character mm. interplay is he's young he hasn't seen war maybe he's held about it and like his parents went through it yada yada. but leia has she was there she lived it and mm. obviously they're gonna have such different perspectives on it as yeah well. any any other thoughts on hux before we jump into the other characters no not really like you know i i, I like the direction that we're heading i think we think we're generally quite unified on on, on him and getting to see someone who many would view as a villain being able to have a civil conversation with someone, like, I think it feels... It gives hope in this dark yeah. time on Earth. Yeah. And it feels, like, a lot more realistic where you do have to sit down with people who aren't going to agree with you and have to find some Common civility yeah. in mm. it. Yeah, yeah, finding civility, that could be a nice message. I, I like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so, Lando. I have one note for Lando. Okay. For our sequel trilogy rewrite, Lando should be cool as ice and a cunning politician. Lando should make politics look cool. Mm. That's oh, the sure. goal. Like, we have Lando. We have one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. And he, we've, we've got him in the political arena because we feel like that makes sense. He was the leader of Bespin in the original trilogy. And it feels like he would be at Leia's side trying to make the New Republic work. So let's have him be fucking cool. Yeah, honestly. It's something I That's pitch. what we're missing in the, 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 sorry, the prequels. No yeah. one's cool. No one. Except maybe Padme, but anyway. Windu at times, but he's there to split hairs and be an antagonist. And he's also a Jedi, and he's supposed to be stoic and yeah. not be talking. I want someone who's in the political arena, and they're cracking wise, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, I yeah. want it to I be mean, fun. I mean, 100%. You see so much of that. And I'm bringing it back to the Clone Wars. I'm so sorry. No, you but do you go do off. see it in the Clone Wars. You get to see, um, I can't remember, in a lot of the episodes, one of the episodes, Padme has a best friend who's actually on the opposite political spectrum. Yeah, that's okay. average guy, yeah. Mm, and I think that'd be a really good, going back to Hux and her, but you get to see these suave people who have to convince the public. And I would just love Lando to be on every poster ever. Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, this guy wants to be in public. Let's put him in the public. And he's just become like, like, he still has political power, he's still smart, but he's just this spokesperson now yeah. who's just everywhere. And Leia's just like, oh, God. Yeah. He's and Leia this... is very popular because of her war history, and so is Lando, but Lando yeah. is fucking cool, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, something I've pitched from day one is that he needs to be involved in politics. It makes sense, you know? It's like when we get reintroduced to him in Return of the Jedi, he is a leader within the Rebellion already yeah. after six months. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, leads the charge to blow up the second Death Star, was instrumental in that. And yeah, he was a leader of the fucking Bespin of a mining col colony. You know, politicians should know how to be responsible with money, and I think that he would be. Yeah, uh, or or he'd know how to make money, at least. He'd be such a powerful villain. Like, yeah, he's oh, so charismatic. Such a powerful yeah. villain. And that's yeah. what you don't get to see. I mean, like, Count Dooku's charismatic, but not in a way that he's, like, aware. Like, he's just, yeah. like, cool. You're oh. like, that's fun. But, he's oh, just Lando the... as a villain. 
<laughs> so good. Dooku just inherited his wealth, you know, like Lando <laughs> earned his wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Stole it. it, but yeah. Yeah. So that's my note for Lando, and that's what I think his character should be. I also think, you know, he's very much a side character. I don't think he needs an arc. I think he can just be a support to Leia and, and her core story driving through. Yeah, for sure. The politi- political arena. But Melly, you got any notes for Lando at all? Like more stuff going forward, more different ideas for eight and nine, but that's going okay. to within to the future. But yeah, no, eight, he doesn't, he can be a side character and still play a. Um, a good role what i've always had for him is you know our ultimate goal is to have leia kicked out of the senate at the end of the first movie so lando would be her wire into the political arena like what's happening in the republic you know the senate's still together but it's very tense yeah lando's keeping her up to speed on everything yeah that's that's what i've been i would also really love to see how these um senators actually interact with their um their countries and their planets because you never see how are they they're like my country wants this i'm like how do you know how are, who are you talking uh, mm. to? Like, I would love to see Lando actually talking with constituents and going out. That's really interesting. That's something we haven't brought up at all. See that because at all. it's one, I think, in these movies, you know, where do you find the time to do a scene like that? Yeah. It's, it's hard. But 100%. well, that's what so much. How are you representing? Is. It is. It's true. How are you representing a planet? You know, mm. how can you possibly be elected to be a leader of a whole planet? Like, they haven't really. You ever don't get to that. see him campaigning. You don't get to see him going door. I would love to see him going door to door, just knocking <laughs> people's. Like, you open your door, and he's like. And they slam the door. No politicians and they slam the door. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like just add those little human elements, it would be fun. That's really fun. And a fan club. I want him to have a fan club. Just a little <laughs> a Lando fan club. I that mean, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In 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 the current canon he had the Calrissian Chronicles on the Hollow Net back in like the days of Solo, and there's a comic about it all. The Calrissian Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you, wow. you hear him like there's a moment in, in Solo where, you know, shit starts to go wrong in Kessel and he's mm. like The Calrissian Chronicles. Episode whatever oh i was God, here on this yeah. you know that's that mm-hmm. in so in solo dude i've got the comic we need to read it sometime at the comic on the yeah. bookshelf Isn't that even, yeah, yeah yeah and he's this little record oh. i thought he was just doing like captain's log kind of thing no. from star trek no no, no. he publishes no, that that's, that's so cool. oh my god i need to watch solo again he has a like, podcast yeah so good now i'm picturing him like trying to get hans on it he's like speaking they want to hear your thoughts yeah the, the people need to know yeah funny that he has a space podcast oh my god yeah. makes sense though let's jump into leia i think we've t- covered lando First note, in my mind, Leia is one of our four main characters in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, cool. Ray, Finn, Ben, Ben Solo, and mm-hmm. Leia. Those, I think, are our four key characters. Everything else is either a side character or a side-side character. Lando, I honestly think, is like a side-side character. But he's so cool. What, Luke? No, I think anytime Lando, like, even though he's a side character, every time he comes on the screen, oh, he stills like, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the main character. Absolutely, yeah. Know, stills so. the show. But yeah. it doesn't have as much of an arc or, you know, any input or important decisions in the story as much. Yeah, no, absolutely right with Leia. I want, yeah, I, I liked that idea that they had for Lucas's treatment, where he, where, where she was, you know, a key yeah. focus on it, and I think she should, she should be there. And if there's anyone who's like the most important bridge in the gap between this new trio generation and the old one, it's her. Yeah, I, she's I, I been think so for sure. through the absolute most of any of the old heroes. I feel like maybe listeners would disagree and be like, no, Luke Skywalker. No, his planet wasn't blown up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Alderaan was blown up. Yeah, she, she lost uh, quite a lot. He hasn't been in the... Polit- oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this for a sec. He hasn't been in the political sphere since as, as young as she was at constant odds and conflict with the Emperor and Vader only to find out that Vader is her father. Mm, it's true. She's gone through some, some shit. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair take. So, oh, Emily. I'd also love to see that actually reflected, like growing up in that sphere. You don't, she never talks about it, but I'm like, surely she's got to have like some cool stories mm-hmm. and stuff that's going to change. Yeah. I, I think that'd be a really great moment to have just as a scene where I, I love the idea of Ray and Leia working together and maybe Leia even training Ray. A scene between them and she maybe shares an anecdote of like, hey, you know, this, you know, this story happened to me and maybe it is like very fucked up it's terrifying and some of her experiences Mm. um maybe have been very very intense and a lot of those are applicable life lessons that ray could learn from her Mm -hmm. well i think 100 percent. i think a lot of her past can be glamorized they're like she's a princess she was a senator but holy crap like in andor you get to see how tense those political circles are let alone for a Mm six-year-old like and it's not even like she was like we're gonna wait until you're fully like a young adult to be thrown into it. They were like, yeah, she can talk. Put her in. It is it is insane, the contrast between the upbringing that, that she and Luke had. Oh, my Where goodness. it's like, he got this, honestly, like, even though it's, it's, it sucks talented. out there. But yeah, easy life out on Tatooine. And they thought the best idea for her, sorry, Bale and and um, and Mrs. Organa. Put her um, on the political stage of the entire galaxy. Yeah. yeah. They were like, let's hide one in the most obscure one. The other one, let's put her right in center stage. 
and no one checks into her at any point. Nope. Oh, she was adopted right at the same time that Padme huh. had a child. Interesting. It's kind of... Kind of sus. She kind of looks like... Oh. <laughs> there are a few people in the again in the extended uh, universe. Carmelo extended yeah. universe. Honestly, Hi, uh, don't, don't know what's going on today. Um, <laughs> just really tapping into it. But there's a few people who know. It's mm. really yeah. interesting. But would you not? And also, at what point is she being told like about like what are you guys planning on like her past? That constant fear and anxiety, at least from her parents, mm. knowing that. Because what were you guys planning on? And I don't know if you want to delve into this now. What is was in, in with Vader? Yeah. Oh like, yeah, no, we have does ideas. Does she find out? Yeah. Do, do they all find out? Oh, well, together? they find. Uh, she finds out in Return of the Jedi about Vader. Mm, so that's okay. on. That's an on-screen. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But um, there's almost no reaction to it because no of how that trilogy is in the tone of it. Yeah. yeah. So I think one something really interesting to explore like, would. Yeah. It's almost like in that moment she's thinking more about oh I'm Luke's sister as yeah. opposed to oh I'm Vader's daughter. I Jeez. feel like that realization might come later. Yeah. And but also, like in my head, there's no way that her as a character like she wouldn't have gone and investigated that growing up like there's no way with as curious a person as she is and intelligent there's no way she would have that's interesting not, like, that's I really find interesting that hard to believe no mm. i agree especially seeing you know what her character's like in, in kenobi mm. like she's so inquisitive she's she like i need to know like, everything about everything i'm adopted but i'm finding my parents <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like yeah. as like i'm picturing her as an eight-year-old just walking onto random ships being like hi do you know my parents yeah she also could have had one of those, you see this in, in some media uh, experiences where it's like, yeah, if she has that moment of curi- curiosity where, you know, and was really mad at her adoptive parents for not telling her more, have that arc where it's like, I don't need to know about my real parents because the parents I have, uh, I love them and they're, they're good to me or something. I don't know. Yeah, I get that, but she's just too <laughs> yeah, nosy in it, my it, soul. No, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's um, fair. I'm going to jump into the rest of my notes real quick. Yeah, go for it. So Leia's story in the first movie should be defined by fear. That's... A big theme that I think we want to explore with yeah. the first movie is just fear. And for her, it's of the First Order and the return of the Empire. That's yeah. her biggest fear. She's also worried for her brother and the Jedi, like the Jedi Order, as well as Han and Poe on the Outer Rim. So yeah. there's a lot of things that she's stressed about and yeah. just filled with anxiety about. And her son, depending on what's going on with him. Do you say Ben? Oh, I said her brother in the Jedi Order, but that, yeah, right. that counts yeah. Ben's yeah. Order as well. Yeah. She would be worried about Ben. Like, oh, I hope Luke's doing like a good job. But I'm also, I think more she'd be worried about how the Jedi Order looks on the political stage mm. because I think that's a very contentious point of yeah. like, oh, well, there's a there's an order of space wizards who yeah. are supposed to be peacekeepers and they were all wiped out by but the Empire. But the thing is that like the distance isn't so far apart from what the Jedi Order used to be that like I think as much as she'd be worried, the Jedi Order used to work with them, I think she would be more worried that they could again be used for corruption. That's true. Mm -hmm. However, something we explored in the last episode, episode six, was Operation Cinder. And how not only are they burning all the planets and all the facilities and stuff, they're burning information. And that's because that's something that we talked about Hitler tried to do in World War II was burn everything. And there was a couple of people who stopped that from happening. doing it all throughout history. And there's there's so many examples of this where they're just like, oh, we did bad stuff, burn it all, no evidence. Mm. And Emperor Palpatine, for the most part, succeeded because he had massive repositories, like we see on Scarif, of all this information. Mm. Yeah. And that's all burned, that's all gone, that's exploded. So it's very hard to find accurate accounts of what happened even in the prequel era and let alone before that in the High Republic. Yeah, I think it'd be a really good moment to show some flashbacks too. Just like as she starts getting more stressed and more anxious, getting to see what it was like growing up with that military control in her life. That could be interesting too. Like that would be cool to visually see. The thought came in. The thought came in and the thought's fast disappearing. Um, (laughs) Oh no. Grab it, Mello. Grab the thought. The thought. Chase the thought. Someone else go. Oh no. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, a bit's back. We just What's the thought? absolutely What's the thought? roller coaster. Um, okay, yeah, no, the, the quick thing with the Jedi. Yeah, I think we, we, we've realized it would be a kind of like a. It depends on your own experience. If 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 someone using the Force and someone brandishing a lightsaber in your experience, you you had seen Vader or the Inquisitors and you'd grown up and that was your experience, then you'd hate anyone who looks or acts like that. But if it's it's Luke rescuing you, his new generation, anything mm-hmm. like that, then you might like them. And then people who are indifferent or afraid. Yeah. Do you think Bale? Your thought, Mello. Yeah. Cheers. I think. Yeah. Do you think Bale Organa would have ever told her about someone as was someone who was so heavily involved with the Jedi, or do you think out of fear he could have just completely shut off? I think it would have been a big big advocate for the mm-hmm. Jedi and for the Jedi's return because he knows he knows the grand plan behind the scenes with with exactly. with Luke with 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 Ben and Yoda still being around Ben Kenobi that is. Um, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be grounds for treason, though, if he's in any way advocating for the Jedi? Well, that's why I'm like, would he? Would you tell? Would you trust a five year old to be like, nah, the guys with the lasers? Oh, I didn't get a bad feeling. I mean, 
his entire character is grounds for treason. He's he's advocating for the Jedi underground. He's a, he's a key leader in the rebellion. You know? Yeah, like, for sure. But yeah. he's still like in the Senate until yeah. the Senate. Is oh, well, I'm dissolved. not saying he'd be doing it in public. Okay, okay, no, okay. But okay. he would be telling Leia, you know, and, and you know, Leia, you should you should you know root for the Empire. The Jedi are awesome. <laughs> yeah, just leaves like books out mysteriously. How did that get there? What? Yeah. yeah. So Leia gets it. Leia gets that the yeah. Jedi are good. Luke's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more about like convincing the wider public who are yeah. very dubious yeah. and all they know is that. You know, Darth Vader, the evil guy, used to have a red lightsaber and he used to kill people with it. The only solution I can see here is give Lando a lightsaber. That's all I can see. What colour? There's one correct answer. It's purple. Why? Because it's cool. Because it's purple? Do we get out of the cool colours? It's either purple or pink, because I feel like he could rock a pink lightsaber. But do you think... I'm picturing, like, he's, like, before he goes on his quest for his kyber crystal he's looking at all his clothes and he's them lined up and he's like now which colors emily that's brilliant mm. no that's genius which one are we because i don't i know you can't change your kyber crystal tell that to lando. star wars jedi survivor the video game <laughs> you can change it every 20 minutes <laughs> as if lando would never multicolored lightsaber oh he's got the party he's got the strobe lightsaber <laughs> it just changes <laughs> he doesn't even use it. he just brings it to parties like, hey, lando's here well, <laughs> i mean you see that like underground like um again clone wars um you see that underground where they like they steal jedi's lightsabers and they sell them and there's a whole arc with ahsoka on you watch that people will sell that so i refuse to believe lando doesn't have one I'm i didn't sorry i didn't know that was a thing yeah. no one told me that was a thing. yeah yeah leia gets a uh, sorry ahsoka gets her lightsaber stolen that's yeah. interesting and that's it's like the crime syndicates start using it and he, she is an arc she gets put up with this really really old slow guy yeah and he's like, mm, it's kind of the whole great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And she's like, dude, shut up. And then, yeah, they do yeah. a slow and steady wins the race. Thing. So that's very interesting to me because I pitched the other day and I got laughed out of the room that Ray's mom should have a red lightsaber and she should be in the crime underworld and that's how she gets it. And Mello yeah. and Sandra looked at me like I was an idiot anyway. No, but oh, yeah, I was there's... very neutral in that conversation. <laughs> you you Sandra was, yeah. called me an idiot. No, but yeah, there's a whole thing where the crime underworld, I mean, it's the... It's a, powerful weapon like anything it's going to be stolen it's exactly. going to be hear that sandro i was right the whole time you reckon sandro's listening back i reckon he is and i reckon he's hated a lot of this okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh sorry we've gone way off topic we're gonna jump back into leia stuff leia okay so my next note leia is against any formal military which is more and more becoming an unpopular position so long after the galactic civil war amidst the rise of the crime lords of the mm. so yeah we've discussed this but it's been a long time since the Galactic Civil War and people are like, oh, maybe we should get the military back because we kind of need it right now. Mm. And there's a lot of different opinions why we should have it. But Leia's like, no, you know, military only leads to war. We've seen this a hundred times. I, yeah. Yeah. You want to go? No, you go. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, I 100% agree. She's very strongly against it. But I think as you're talking about then, as she starts realizing that more and more people are against her and she can't win. She is one of those people who I do believe is willing to open to compromise. Okay. Because that's what separates her from Hux. Like, yeah. she's been like, okay, if we are bringing this military, we have to set in parameters where that corruption isn't going to thrive. Mm. And I think that's when her meeting Hux would be them, her desperately trying to find that civility if she realizes she's losing. Like, she's smart enough to plan ahead. That's a really nice, like, character evolution for her to show in this trilogy that she is more mature mm. than the old Leia that would not compromise. It's her yeah. life, or it's no way. Well, that's what she's learned throughout time. Yeah, yeah. she's still a hard-ass. She's still, you know, you know, scathingly quick-witted, but mm. she, you know, can't compromise as well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think it, it is an interesting question posed as to, and this this is, again, this would be a key part of, like, the showing how she's changed. To, to militarize, to not militarize with Leia, because obviously she's fought through wars and i could i could definitely see the the idea of yeah her wanting to demilitarize and but, it ties into the fear as well like the fear of any kind of war coming back yeah of how you know horrible yeah. it was but you know she would definitely believe in the idea of not being defenseless because she's seen all of these horrors and and perhaps the answer to her there is the jedi but you know how big of a role can they play and then are the jedi just going to be galactic hitmen you know what i mean which is like, what yeah. they basically were before like yeah. how do you like how do you create a military that can have such a wide stretch throughout the galaxy without not knowing what they're doing at every second. Like, if you've got so many people, you can't control what they're all doing. And I think we... Yeah, Melo, you go. A droid army. <laughs> a droid yeah, Roger, army. Roger, Roger, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. here for those little battle droids to yeah. come back in. Yeah. I think, you know, we're butting up against, you know, something that is a very real and difficult conflict in today's world where people <laughs> are calling for less military funding and a defunding of the police. But then how do you enforce justice and the law without the threat of violence uh, so. i think one of the solutions that i think leia would definitely push for is an anti-corruption league 
that mm. goes up and monitors this because that's like the one thing we have in Australia. We have anti-corruption bodies that go, and it's famously good. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But here's the thing. Our commissions. Here's the thing. Yeah. Like, would they have that in Star Wars? And again, just yeah. how do you put? Again, even military versus non-military, how do you do that over such a widespread, yeah. such a vast space? And I guess, yeah, what I'm butting up against is how do we present a solution in Star Wars because we haven't found a good solution in the real <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, the Kaminoans come back in. They're like, what'd you say? Yeah. Did, we, we, we clones solve all problems. I, we've got a solution. We don't make commissions in Australia until mm-hmm. after something happens. So. Oh, so we have to be corrupt first and then make the commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We only ever approve, like, because it's, you know, billions in funding these commissions and it's it's only like what they've been mistreating the old people okay okay i'm now, hearing the anyway. listeners tune out yeah, in right. real time uh, let's, let's... but it'd be cool to get to see to tap into those military funds i feel bad because we did our politics episode last week and now we're just we're right back here again uh let's Star Wars is politics it's true it's true but i want to get to my last note of leia Leia should know how to use the Force, but doesn't follow the path of the mm, Jedi. Yeah, I like that. She doesn't agree with Luke on everything and wanted to choose Han and Ben over a life of monastic tradition. Yeah. So she has the Force, she mm. knows how to use it, but yeah. she's not, you know, she's not on the same wavelength as, as Luke. It's like, oh, you know, maybe the Jedi were right, maybe they were wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to follow that tradition. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, for That sure. feels like what Leia would do. 100%. I think that's what would have happened if Padme and Anakin were still around. Like, you get to see both of those sides. Yeah. I think she's definitely going to fall into more of that kind of researcher, gather knowledge type force which is the green she did I have can a see lightsaber yeah, yeah 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 she would like yeah no I, I definitely think she has a connection to the force and i think it's 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 unique and it's an opportunity to show like different connections yeah. to the force and it might not be something that she uses but it's something that's part of her i life. actually had a thought about this i thought maybe we could have a moment where she can very much directly sense emotions of people maybe similar Spider to sense? yeah no <laughs> not that uh so leia uh sorry in the game jedi survivor and, and um jedi fallen order yeah he has uh the ability to touch objects and get sense echoes mm. of you know the the moments leading up to a character's death or something like that mm-hmm. just like side characters yep. it helps basically get exposition to the person playing the game but maybe leia could do it to and she has like some objects and she's like i'm gonna sense ben see how he's feeling across the galaxy Stuff like that. And mm. it's not traditional, maybe how, you know, Jedi would use the Force, but it's something that she's kind of figured out she yeah. can do and tapping into emotions with people she feels a very strong connection to. Okay, yeah. And then that also helps us edit <laughs> and link between them in the script and keep them connected across the galaxy kind yeah. of thing. Nice. Okay, idea. cool. Yeah, no, I love the sense, like an empathetic sense of the Force. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when, I oh, sorry, I, I realized before I said she maybe not use the Force. I think use it in different ways, not use it to be like, I need to jump 50 meters I don't ever want to see Leia jumping 50 meters in the air. I yeah. don't think I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I, need, I need to get from the top of the center building in the bottom real quick. And she's like, <laughs> she does a Spider-Man. She looks around. No one's watching. Cool. And she jumps down. <laughs> she does a Spider-Man landing. 100%. Or she's just like getting really, really mad in a fight with Lando over something silly. And she's just like. She four strokes him. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or he just slowly starts like moving away. Like he's standing still and he slowly just starts getting pushed off from the side of her. Just, yeah. It's another thing we wanted to explore. Um, so at the very end of the story, we're very keen on having Hux and the First Order present a, a wave of evidence against Leia. We want it to be that Leia, oh, this is another thing, ties into yeah. the fear. The fear that her secret gets out, that everyone find out, finds out that she's the daughter of Vader. Yeah, because at the moment we have... Like it is in in Bloodline, that for whatever big, reason. Big old, yeah. I mean, for, for obvious reasons, but for for you know, she's kept her heritage a secret. Yeah. Um, so that she can stay in the political arena without drama, kind of thing. Yeah, and like in in that, she'd kept it secret from a lot of people in her personal life, mainly um, Ben. Which leads to Ben turning to the dark side. I think we're part of yeah. We're keen yeah. on scrapping that, but that's yeah. But definitely politically, it would be a good idea to not reveal that. I would love it to happen just after her and Hux are finding some common ground. Yes, mm. that's what like, we're I thinking. Would yeah. Love yeah. She's finally found a way that the military can somewhat compromise while still retaining that. Like, we're here to help, not control. Yes. And that he's starting to win over and some force, like, something Palpatine clone. (laughs) Sure. Palpatine clone. I guess. I guess. (laughs) And he's just like, ugh. Like, he's like, yeah, I can get power and help people. And mm. then someone's like, you know, so I want to get more power. He's like, so true. And just yeah. out of it. Just yeah. throws everything. So that's, everything. that's thing one. He reveals to the New Republic and everyone that she is the daughter of Vader. And then she also, he also reveals a lie. But it's easy to fabricate. 
she has been keeping this because she has the force and she's using it to manipulate people's minds to join her side of the political spectrum. Yeah, and people's lack of understanding of the force, again, because, like, not enough Jedi and the mistrust of and Vader. Of potentially, uh, her and Luke Skywalker have been working together to reform the Jedi Order as a task force of Antifa, sorry, not Antifa, uh, something else that's not real, uh, to <laughs> take over the government. <laughs> no, I think that'd be really cool. I think a really devastating place to do it too if we just really want to make it a little mean yeah um is doing it like at a memorial for alderaan <gasps> oh my god like, fucking emily, hell emily that's so just fucked up i love that savage <laughs> like she's just doing a speech in front of everyone and then hux is like, like i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let you finish <laughs> but yeah i think that'd just be such a good just like rip out their heart that is a rip out your heart moment i yeah, love that because mm. then it just it also reiterates like yeah, yeah. hux isn't just like he will Push he'll he'll pull far. the dirty moves. You yeah, know? and that is the place where like you get to see. So you know what our evidence is at the moment. Uh, again, it's something I've stolen from Bloodline, but there's a lot of good stuff in there um, that we can take if we want. Come um, out Bloodline, Keating. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like that today. Yeah, it was is this um, recording from Bail Organa that she did find after Luke had told her that had been left to her. It's you know in, kind of like a, in a, a will that was yeah Bail telling her mm. everything. It'd be um, so good. Now I'm just picturing her like at the memorial reading out like her father, a photo of her father there. And Hux is like, yeah, that is your dad. Or is it? Oh, wow. That's really good. Because she's talking about Bail yeah, Organa. Yeah, and she's like, And Hux father. is like, that's not your true father. Mm. And you're like, liar. Whoa. That's actually It'd really good. <laughs> I really like that. Just want to devastate the audience. That's yeah. all you got to do, man. Yeah. That's all that writing is, is just making your characters suffer as hard as possible. Yup. <laughs> yep. Nice. But yeah, so that's wow. my notes for what we should do with Leia. That's kind of some of the fixes we want to go for. And then at the end of the Senate stuff, Hux brings out all that information. The New Republic has no choice but they're like, okay, Leia's been lying. There's the potential that she's committed treason. She has to be kicked out. And they have to run away and kind of regroup as their own little... Do you think that Lando would also publicly disown Leia if not just to save him? Like, not, not in a selfish way, but in a way he's like, I have to distance myself from her so I can stay in power for her? That's a really interesting take. Or do you think he's like one of those emotional people where he's like, no, she would never do this and blah, blah, blah. I feel like he would definitely use the, the, the shield of until anything is proven or disproven, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna stay, stay going forward, and then on the side to be like, hey, Leia, look real bad. In the You're like, this is not looking. <laughs> this is not good. good. It's heating up. I suppose it, it raises the question of, um, beyond Return of the Jedi, who who is aware of mm. of, of Luke and Leia's heritage? Who, who like, what's the sphere here? Obviously, Han. My head canon is it's just them, yeah, and and Ben so Solo. So Lando wouldn't. Lando, I feel like Lando. Would oh, Lando, Lando yes. Would I feel like just the heroes, crew. yeah, heroes. just the heroes of yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and okay. so we're Gentiles as well. I don't care about Wedge. No, He's in the hero, so I love Wedge Antilles. Just want to reiterate that. Um, you... I love Wedge Antilles. I can't even remember who he is. Is he one of the pilots who's like friends with Luke? Yeah. <laughs> He's so mad. Yeah, no, not the one who's friends with Luke who dies um, in A New Hope. He's the okay. pilot, right? He's the only rebel pilot who fought in the first destruction of the Death Star. Okay. Bloody Hoth yep. and the second destruction of the Death Star. Oh, wow. And okay. he is uh, Ewan McGregor's uncle. Oh, that's nice. So cool. Yeah, so. So cool. I'm going to need Wedge to be dead uh, when we start the sequel. No, no, no. It's I, Wedge <laughs> until he's not dead. We have he's... too many characters already, Mello. He, he's got to be dead. He can just be there. Nah, he's dead. Uh, he died of old age. He'll have a ceremony too. It's a very small ceremony. <laughs> we get it, we get it, we, no get, it. we get a memorial for Wedge at some point in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then yeah. Leia interrupts that one with a, a memorial about her dad, and then Hux interrupts <laughs> that one with a memorial. <laughs> yeah. And Babu Frick interrupts that one. <laughs> Okay. Oh, people watching are just like I don't know who was yeah. that about. So it I think my... it's time for summary, actually. Oh, oh almost. Oh no. Article two point five. Oh, let's write a scene. Oh my god. So this is the little fun activity I had a thought of because I was like, let's talk about the dinner scene because we've had this idea for ages of Hux and Leia and a bunch of other politicians similar to Andor where there's a dinner party. And, and who's, all... a, who's arranged this? Uh, Lando. <laughs> ah, fuck yeah. yeah no, yeah. the decoration's gonna be on point. Oh, dude, it looks so good. It's yeah. like almost 70s inspired pop art, kind of like vibrant yellows and browns, you know what I mean? Well, you know, when they go to the um, dinner party that Vader interrupts, Ooh. like, and it's, it's clean, it's Oh, I like that. The one on Bespin? Yeah. yeah. No, I like clouds. that. Yeah. I, would, I would love to see Leia making a joke about that too. When she's coming He's in, like, she's I like, I this one ends better than the last. Oh, that's Ooh. golden, Emily. Oh, you're on fire today. That's, that's great. Really that's awesome. Um, yeah. I love that. Because we can still have Boba Fett walk in, you know, like, we gotta have Boba Fett walk in. <laughs> and someone dressed up as Boba Fett. Yeah, he takes off and he's like, "Hey!" And Lando's like, ha, ha, "That's funny." <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, well, we've written that bit. Um, <laughs> That's the funny bits. That was the funny bits. Stupid. Okay. How, okay, how can we make the dinner party tie into the theme of fear? This is the question I ask, and this is a pitch to you, Mello. Mm. And also, Emily, I think you're on the same page as, as Mello here. To me, it seems like the logical choice is to have Hux be talking to Leia and prying for info maliciously. Hear me out. Okay. Like, you know, the really, really long tables, like they're doing it in a very public way where everyone is there, but the way he's prying for information, she has to say something without mm. looking guilty. You know that scene in Trek? Yes. Oh my god. The dinner party yep. scene. Yeah. Like I want that kind of tension where everyone's uh, like, like they've all they've, they've sat, they've mingled, and they're sitting down, and he's like, so. So I heard you're adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. What's that like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My my pitch was that uh in the midst of this, it's a dinner party, but it's mostly it's drinking and it's it's you know it's. In Andor, the trick that they use, which is fantastic, is oh, that it's a dinner so party, good. but they're standing up and drinking, I think, either before or after food. Yeah. So they're walking around, and you get that chance to see a bunch of people, but mm-hmm. they're walking through the crowd. No one's really listening. It's just the two yeah. of them. It's kind of this perfect political uh, camouflage. Yeah, and I think Leia would be just fucking done with that at some point. Remove mm-hmm. herself from the conversation to go outside, and Hux would seize this opportunity ah. to confront her one-on-one. Yeah, I like that. 100%. And it's just the two of them kind of on the balcony at night overlooking the Hosnian Prime That classic skyline. sort of yeah, mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it's then, a little bit romantic, but that We'll ignore that. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, I think, but this is the moment where we get a bit of chemistry in the sense of of of, of a somewhat friendship between the two. Yeah, where where we get to that was the scene that I'd always written into our yeah. treatments, where it's like they finally start to see where the other is coming from, and we we know that at the end of the day, what they want is the same thing. Mm-hmm. They want to fight this oppression, this threat, yeah. whatever it is, pirates. But uh, they have different crime. views on what the oppression is. Yeah, and, and I think neither maybe is willing to compromise. We can do it either way. We could have Hux or Leia have made a move in the Senate that pisses off the other one, mm. but they have a chance to explain here. It's like, hey, no, no, I know it looks like this, but really what I was trying to do is this. And yep. what the move did also like shuffled a different political piece yep. off the board somewhere. And it's moved it around and they go, oh, that's actually very smart. Like that's a, That was a good move. I um, think it'd also be good for them to have a common enemy again, like in the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, the bank group where oh, they're both like banking oh, those clan. guys are the worst yeah. i think for this it's the crime underworld yeah that's everyone's common but i think yeah. they need to have a political um there needs to be like a political representative uh, of the crime world oh so we need we need to actively someone like who's the paid banking off clan. <laughs> like so, that that neomoidian in in phantom S- i object there is no evidence oh my god there is so much evidence you, literally what the fuck are you talking about so, someone that they can like a way to break the ice where they're yep. like look i hate what you're doing hate him hate more. that guy more yeah hate common him more enemy. That's interesting. I like the common enemy idea because then we can already be introducing the idea of perhaps the criminal underworld has a faction in the Senate or they've paid off a faction within yeah, the Senate. Yeah, there's no way they haven't paid mm. off someone. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, then they can be like, it's so clear that they've been paid off. You know, we both hate this guy. My move made their life harder kind of thing. And Leia yeah, goes, yeah. oh, that's a really solid move. I yeah. really like that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Nice. And then they're like, oh, cool. And then you, you kind of get the tension breaks a little bit. Uh, and then they get to chat. They maybe make some jokes. Yeah, yeah, they talk about the party. And then we get to build the tension a little bit more mm. uh, as they go back into maybe what's the key issue that they're going into the Senate maybe tomorrow or whatever to talk yep. about. And that yep. is the military funding kind of thing. It's yep. like, how, how are we going to compromise on this? I yep. think Lando has to be the one to bring it up. Like, I uh, think okay. neither one of them, they're desperately both trying to avoid it to the point where they're like, because that's the thing, you never want to be rude to someone's face. You don't want to bring up the thing. But if someone else does, like, you're going to talk about it. Like, and I think that's why Lando's really good to be the one hosting this party, is they're both kind of using him as the buffer. That's interesting. Mm. I, I, we've talked earlier in the episode about how direct Leia is, though, and mm, how she would kind of just jump straight for the throat true. of it. It feels like she'd be like, so tomorrow, huh? And, and Hux is like, whoa, straight shooter. Yeah, true, true. No, yeah. And he's Actually, got this yeah, maybe younger style of politics where you kind of beat around the bush. You don't get straight yeah. to the point. Leia's like, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm older now. I don't have time for this. This it, is a waste of time. Very much yeah, that way. I think where Lando could jump in to interrupt would be maybe we get to this conversation, the tension builds, and then Leia's like, okay, maybe we'll do it your way. I'll think about it. And that breaks the tension. But mm. then Hux is like, so I heard you're adopted. Oh. And it's not malicious, but yeah. he's genuinely curious and he's trying to make conversation and it gets a little bit awkward. We're sowing the seeds of yeah. the future conflict. And yeah. she kind of, like, you see in her she eyes... She immediately just views him, oh, no, he knows. Maybe maybe mm. that, or maybe, like, he, she's just scared of the conversation. It gets a little bit awkward and then Lando comes in, saved by the bell kind of thing. And Lando's yeah. like, hey, what are you two kids been doing? And then when we do see them again in the Senate, it would be interesting to see, you know, the progress that they've made in that conversation... Is it to be undone or can it be furthered? You know? mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think Leia's biggest enemy throughout this is her fear. Yes. Like, that's what, like, I mean, no one knows what was going to happen if she'd just openly gone out and be like, 
Maida's daughter anyway. But I think her fear is what's going to stop her from... So, this conversation, very much shades of Andor here. This conversation leads Leia to make a move. Maybe she double checks uh, with some, you know, archivists or something like that. She's like, hey, just making sure, what are your records on my adoption? (laughs) Because I don't want anyone having access to this. And then Hux sees this move, or maybe Hux has this move pointed out to him by Palpatine clone. Mm. Ignore the Palpatine clone for a bit. Yeah. Uh, he has this pointed out to him in, in the story, and he's like, oh, maybe I should double check this. It's weird that I brought up the adoption thing. Yeah. And Leia was stuck. very kind of weird about it, which, you know, would have been fine, except for the fact that she did this. And then he yeah. follows up, and then that leads to ultimately her undoing when yeah. he discovers the truth about his, uh, Leia's parents. 100%. And I think... And like you said, sowing the seeds in that conversation. Sorry, Emma. And I think it'd also be really cool for her to, like, as every time she talks about love, um, Hux, she's so against Vader and everything he's took for. Like, I want Hux finding out about Leia to also kind of be like a betrayal. He's like, dude, what the hell? Why like, are you every- keeping this from everyone? This like, is... he thinks like everything she's stood for is now a lie. Like, yeah. I think he honestly. I looked believes- up to you. I respected you. Yeah, like as I was saying before, you could play it in his way. Like, oh, I can say this to get more power, but I think he's honestly mad at and hurt at her that to the point where he actually believes that. Oh, wait, you actually are one of these villains. Like. You don't stand for anything. Because I think they have that sense of, like, mutual respect between them. Yeah. Like, the only way they're breaking ice is because he's like, oh, she is very blunt. She is actually saying what she means. Until she isn't. That's so interesting. No, I really like that. The idea of, like, feeling that betrayal. Even though he's on the wrong side. Yeah, but he's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, interesting. Mm Melo? Oh, I thought you had something. No, no, no. Just, just really here for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of, that's all the notes I had. And I, I'm really enjoying this dinner scene uh, little yeah. idea. Just like throwing The more that it grows, you know. It's it's nice to dive into a really specific, like, here's this scene, mm. these characters, this interaction. Mm. I, I love yeah. doing that. So. Yeah, I think just that one question I have to ask you. How does blue wine look on screen? Oh. You know? oh. It's Ooh. like bubbles and shit. Yeah. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm picturing like sapphire. Ooh. Like, okay. like sparkly. Yeah. Not like, not like the milk. Yeah, like yeah, they've yeah. like like it's like it's pretty and it's emerald and mm. Lando walks around and he spills it. Yeah. I can see Lando with it. Lando sold me. Yeah, Lando was a wine person and yeah. I really. Oh, he yeah. totally is. What's funniest about this is that both blue and green milk uh, in Star Wars, and yet these these this recent content really likes to favor the blue. It's in Andor. It's in Mando and everything. Anyway, <laughs> it's a weird trend. It they is. did it in Andor as well. He had like blue cereal. Cereal. <laughs> the macaroons. You know. So like, weird. I think it's also going to be really cool. This is my last note, I swear. Go for it. Um, to also that dinner party to see how Lando is as a politician more than just some effervescent, charismatic person. Like, he's smart and seeing how he talks and how smart he can be with these other politicians. Cool. I think it would be really funny to have, like, a, you know, we, we see him in random conversation with other random politicians where he's, he's, he's giving backhanded compliments. I would love to see just, like, the puppet mastery. Of yeah. Just going yeah. around being like, oh, this comment here, and it, like, it's just perfect comment. Yeah, because you don't really see how smart he is in the other movies, but mm. to get where he is. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm very much on board with that. Yeah, absolutely. that's cool. And that's a way to, to intercut the scene as well, where we, like, bounce between Lair and Hux back to Lando, and he's talking to random politicians and stuff, having little small conversations, and you kind of get the vibe of, I mean, it's oh, that's stupid, a, a vibe check of the politicians and what they are believing and feeling at, the, at that current point mm. uh, about the military situation, which helps us write a script. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, fantastic. So, into Article 3, our conclusions. Um, I wanted to do Article 3 a little bit differently now, just because it's very hard to kind of create conclusions. We want to have a uh, an idea of going forward, so we'll do a brief recap, but it's you know it's hard to lock in concrete resolutions when we know we're going to go back and change stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think we are seeing eye-to-eye-to-eye on these characters. At the very quickly, yes. Yeah. So, Sandro, if you are listening to this, I'm so curious to, think, uh, to know what you think about uh, the populist versus centrist thing getting scrapped, because... Melo and I seem to be on the same uh, page about that. It's just very complicated and very dense, it's, talking about so much politics stuff. It's one of the things that bogs my treatment so far down, and immediately after we did that, we brought up another one the other day. If we it, trim it, it back me. to yeah. military versus demilitary, that just links us from politics to crime world. Yeah. And then if we, that gives us so much more leeway to explore the crime world in the second and third movie. So I'm very much on the, the side of that. Yeah. We should be stripping back and, the story. And just quickly, because we'll run into this issue, we, we were gonna do, we're going to do this in a unique way where it's not the same as the prequels. You know, yeah. it's not the same as, oh, the Republic's under attack. We need to raise a clone army. You know, it'll be different. I mean, you know, a little bit of a spoiler. They never did a heist in any of the other trilogies. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> I'm so here for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're yeah, very yeah. much. We're, we don't know what we're going to do with it or how it's going to work, but we would love to do a heist in the in episode eight. Episode eight's definitely yeah. with yeah. Babu. Bab- Babu will be there for the heist. He's the key to all of this. <laughs> so okay, so military versus de- yep. demilitary yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of centrist versus populist. That's one of our key ideas right now, and it seems like we're on the mind of Hux being 
a good, just person who is led astray because of, you know, dark forces and manipulation and that kind of thing. Yeah. But he ultimately, he looks up to Leia, he respects Leia, and he wants to come to terms and compromise with her, but it's just not happening. Uh, and because of corruption, yeah. it goes and it, it'll ultimately be betrayed by you know revelation of her past and all of that yeah. hard work that we're gonna build in this film is gonna be undone. Yeah, so. will be devastating. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then Leia's story we are very much keyed into this idea of fear, and it's something that goes across a lot of our other character discussions and what we've been talking about as well. It's yep. Leia's fear of the war returning, the return of the Empire the thing that she fought her entire life to. To, you know beat yeah yeah the the fear of losing her family so han is he's in a very dangerous spot on the outer rim yep. uh, working with poe dameron yep. he's she's scared for him of course she's scared for luke and ben and Constantly how isolated risk. they yeah. are on this jedi planet and so there's a lot of fear surrounding her character arc and her character journey in the yep. film and i think exploring how she processes and deals with that fear and that yep. anxiety would be very interesting yeah well. also oh just before we move, we're like we start to finish completely maybe a scene in which we get to understand her how she coped and dealt with that revelation of Vader yeah. earlier in her life. Um, also scenes of how she, you know, was able to cope with losing Alderaan because that is some, yeah. that's some trauma that yeah. I can't even comprehend. What mm. does mental health look like in the Star Wars universe? Mm. Yeah. You know those droids in Clone Wars? Um, <laughs> and they're like Emily the Clone Wars Holden. <laughs> and they have like the surgeon droids. Like imagine like you're really stressed and you walk in and it just like slowly turns to you. And it's how really does that make you, that. you feel? It's really interesting you say that because they have almost therapy droids in Mando as well. They have the droid yeah. that's helping uh, the doctor return to work, basically, yeah, in yeah, Mando Season yeah. 3. So and that's know, interesting as well. We know what such a great job that thing's doing. Yeah, it's silly. It's Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about the, the ethics of having a robot do therapy for humans. It's kind of weird. Shouldn't a human be doing that? Anyway. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars uh, is weird. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And Lando should be cool. He's a great side character, but he mm-hmm. should remain that way. He doesn't need a character arc. That's where yeah. we're with that. Um, I think most of the other stuff stayed the same, but it was really good to dive into these characters, explore the dinner party scene in particular. I love the dynamics we've got yeah. going on there. And we've got the motivations as well. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as we did, dear listeners and dear viewers. Uh, this has been our character analysis of Leia, Lando, and Hux. And until next time, may the Force be with you.